everyone. Welcome back to the Where If You Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker here with Aaron Oliphant, and we are bringing you guys triathlon content, life content. We answer your questions. We do race recaps. We basically come to you about once a week, trying to you know provide you a little bit of fun for your training sessions, bike long bike rides, long runs, walks. Who knows? Um, we both provide come from a coaching background and endurance background. I am a professional triathlete and Aaron is an elite amateur age group triathlete, uh, both coach for Where Your Feet Take You, and we're excited to be here today. Before we dive into kind of a little bit of a race recap and then our standard podcast questions that you guys give us on either through the website at whereyourfeettakeyou.com slash podcast and or Instagram. Um, we just want to ask really quickly, if you ever get the chance, if you enjoy listening to our show to please share and, or leave a review, it just helps us to kind of get the show out there and have the algorithm work a little bit better so that we can be put up to the top of the list with other content, uh, shows that are similar content. So thank you for those of you that have already. And for those of you that have been sharing, we really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. And those of you that have sent in, uh, nice words about the podcast. Thank you. We really enjoy being here for you guys each week and want to continue to do so. So with that, we're just going to dive on in here this week. And Aaron, where are you in the world right now? <laughs> I'm back in Arizona for a couple of days before I take off again. So, um, cause you were just yeah. in Chicago. I was just in Chicago. So I was working hot chocolate, Chicago, 15 K 10 K 5 K two mile walk this past weekend. Um, it was really busy, really tired, did not get to eat yeah. much on Sunday at all. Um, it was up super early. So still kind of recovering from that. I could tell I just felt off on my ride today and like an hour into it I looked at my watch to kind of verify how I was feeling almost and my resting heart rate's just been on a steady increase the past week and my HRV's been on a steady decline the past week so I'm like cool okay (laughs) there's explanation for why I feel like crap right now like my heart rate just could not get up on my ride today which is very unusual for me um but just but it was not in a bad spot at the same time. No, it, it. it was it was fine. I I just rode steady. Um and it was good just to get time in the saddle and the weather here is gorgeous right now. Um but yeah, leave for Colorado Springs tomorrow. I was supposed to see my grandparents from the East Coast who I haven't seen in a couple years. Um, but unfortunately my grandma came down with a bad case of shingles and isn't gonna make the trip. Oh but, no. Still get to see my parents and my dogs and get to watch my brother's hockey games. So he plays for the Air Force Academy and they're playing Army this weekend. So a couple of big games coming up. That'll be fun. Sounds like good family time. And Colorado, so even though it can be pretty chilly, it can be really beautiful this time of year. So that's yeah. not a bad time to be there. I think it'll be great for running. So get lots yes, of running time. Yep, we'll do some running this weekend. If you go for hikes, go for hikes. As yep. we know, we knew we knew going into this build into Indian Wells that it was going to be like we do what we can. But I think that's something too that's just super important to always remember. Like we just want to kind of keep you activated and really just use the fitness that you've built throughout the year and keep and not necessarily we're not necessarily going to we are going to gain fitness, but not feel like we have to gain like 
extreme speed necessarily at this point. Like use what you have already built to maintain and stay strong and stay fit because we know that on race day, you know how to show up. And so we're just kind of using those pieces. Um, exactly. I'm not super worried about it, which is a good spot to be and just doing things when I can and forgetting about it when I can't. Like I got home on Sunday, I was supposed to do a bike and a swim and could do neither. I was wiped. I was dehydrated. I was hungry. I was exhausted and just decided it was more beneficial to stay on the couch that afternoon. So that is what I did. And that was a smart choice. Yep. Yeah. And so that was one of those, like, that's one of those things where it's really important to, to like understand that. And then being willing to like, you texted me and I said, okay, yeah, just stay, if if you have the energy, go out for a 30 to 40 minute jog, but don't make it a priority and we'll move things around and we'll do it tomorrow if we can. Right. Like we adjust as be willing oh. to adapt and adjust when they need to. Awesome. Well, welcome back to Arizona and uh, safe travels tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to really rack up the mileage points here for a little bit. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, this way it's on Southwest because I bought it during their sale. So I got two round trip tickets for 250 total directly into Colorado Springs. So nice. yeah, that was nice. But I usually most of my miles are with American. Mm. That, that was I actually bought a bunch of tickets during that that sale as well. And it was a really, really huge savior. So yeah, <laughs> I wish I bought more. To be honest, <laughs> there were some great deals. There were, and this is like a complete tangent. But sometimes I feel like those sales always come up at the worst times for me when I don't need to buy anything, or it's like I've already paid for them and I can't actually do anything about it. And it's just like, oh, I, I wanna, I wanna buy something for, I wanna buy a ticket just to buy a ticket because they're so cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was nice to actually not be what able I need to, to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, glad you're back for a little bit. And yeah, we all some fun in Colorado. And yeah. we've got three weeks ish till Indian Wells. Um, something like that. I, I don't know. Whenever it shows up, I'll be ready to race. So I you actually, I just found out. Uh, Chelsea's gonna come and drive with me and be my cheerleader and my Sherpa so that will be really nice yeah that'll be fun yeah that'll be awesome I know that's kind of actually one of the reasons I decided to do this race Indian Wells because it's so close and we can drive so close two and a half hours two and a half three hour drive pretty much yeah and we're down there and yeah my mom my mom connected me with her friends, so I've got free lodging. So in terms of race costs, I think this will be my cheapest race of the season. So really excited there about you go. that. There you go. Awesome. And I've only I've only heard good things for the most part about this race. Like some people don't love like the bike course can get a little messy, but what bike course can't get messy in reality? Like I feel like nowadays they just always get a little bit messy. Um but I, everybody, I have yet to race it, but everybody is, has always seemed to really enjoy it. So, yeah. hey, it's a good way to end the year and the season. Have some fun. Enjoy. And It looks like um, there's some tight U-turns on there, which I'm a little nervous about, just because I fell off my bike pretty hard this past week while U-turning. But I'll get yeah. more comfortable with it. The key with U-turning <laughs> is you have to look ahead, right? Yeah. So when you're making the U-turn, don't follow your bike actually look 
down the road. And that is what helps you stay up and make the U-turn nice and sharp. Well, like when I made the U-turn at Kona and Howie, Howie, I need to be better at my languages. Um, When I made that U-turn, I think it was fine because I wasn't thinking about it. I was just racing. It's when I begin to think about the U-turns that I have an issue. And especially with this bike, this bike is meant to go straight and fast. Its turn radius is not the best in the world, um, which they'll readily admit that's not what it's meant to do. Um, So I just get extra nervous and there's no reason to. I'm a pretty good bike handler, but when I overthink it, I just topple over. (laughs) Well, one, we know overthinking is the death of everything. Um, (laughs) And there are, but there are a lot of, this is a good topic because there's a lot of people that are afraid of those U-turns. Like we had a couple U-turns at Cabo and people kept talking about them. They were really not bad. But again, the two pieces are one, slow down going into it. Two, if you are really nervous about it, unclip with the foot that is closest to the inside of the turn. That way, if you need to put something down, you can put a foot down and you can help yourself around the turn. Um, And then, but the key with it is very much look like, again, don't follow your handlebars. It's like you're doing a backflip, right? If you're doing a backflip, you have to actually look back and look towards the ground to where you're going and everything will follow you. Um, a U-turn is the same concept. You're going to look down the road ahead of you where you're trying to make the turn and you will make the turn a lot easier and a lot smoother. Um, and you can make them a lot tighter. Um, and yep. that, you know, so that's a helpful, a helpful piece. So same as skiing. You don't look at the tree yep. if you don't want to go into the tree. You look exactly. down the mountain. Same look idea. Down the mountain. I know how yep. to do it. It's just one of those things easier said than done sometimes. (laughs) Very true. Very true. So anyway, how are you doing, Kayla? How'd Cabo go? I'm excited to hear the race recap. Yeah, Cabo went good to an extent. Um, So yeah, I got back from Cabo on Monday, raced on Sunday. It was a very quick trip. And I realized that's one thing I definitely realized is those quick trips are semi-stressful. Like I fly in, I flew in on, on, on set Friday. And even though I got there fairly early, by the time you get checked into your hotel and all those pieces, um, it doesn't leave you time to do anything really on, on Friday. So that meant that I felt like everything had to be done on Saturday, like shakeout rides, checking, making sure my bike was working, checking in, going to the pro briefing, dropping off, like right. All these pieces. Whereas when you go, when I normally would go on like a Thursday, it gives you that extra day and it's just so much less stressful and I feel a little bit more ready for races. But that's the way that the cookie crumbled for this one. So that's what it was. Um, I didn't want to be one flights down to Cabo on Thursday were astronomically more expensive. Um, And two, I just wanted to make it a quick trip. But yeah, race went well. This I love this race. I think it's one that I'm going to have as more kind of a staple in uh, a yearly yearly race. Um, I just oh, really like cool. it. it. It's it's fairly relaxed. It's like it's Mexico. Everything's relaxed. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a little bit chaotic, but also very relaxed at the same time. Like you know, things just are. Yeah, it's just Mexico. Um, so yeah, race one really well um, to an extent. Um, swim. So we just kind of start with quick recap of the day. Uh, race morning was definitely a little bit hectic. It was like pitch black and they had no lights in transition. Oh, so weird. everybody was like walking around with their phones, trying to do things with their phones. 
Um, so that was fun. And Did they not even have lights in the pro area? No, no lights. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it was so dark. <laughs> uh, there was like a couple at like the entrance kind of, but there was no, um, like there was no pro porta potty. There was. <laughs> oh, uh, interesting. And. and no no lights and just a lot of lot of things. We found out that morning that they so last year there's a portion of this bike course that you have to go on you have to go down you have to go through the wash to get back kind of like off the highway for lack of a better term and then through a wash and then back to the the hotel where the area where the transition is. Last year they had built this ramp. And it's a fair, it's a it's a long enough, it's like a half mile section. So they built like this half mile ramp that was very terrifying. To be fair, like I didn't know I was there last year. Hopped up onto it and was like, "Oh my goodness, this is hard." <laughs> um, is it steep? Well, we found or- out this morning. Nope, it's like banked, and it was like a bunch of plywood, and then a little bit of okay pieces, and you, you have to go underneath this underneath this tunnel, and then back around and do some sharp turns. Um, it's very interesting, but this year they decided that the, the ramp that they had built was not as safe as just leaving it. <laughs> so we went off-roading oh. <laughs> in the middle of a legit Mexico off-roading, mind you. <laughs> so were you like riding through sand on a TT bike or what did that look like? Packed dirt, cobblestones, and... Yeah, it was interesting. Um, pretty sure I like thought my entire bike was going to explode at one point because the cobbles were so rough. Um, so that was really fun. Just makes for an adventure. It's part of yeah, the race. I rode through it's pretty cool. For some reason, there was two blocks of my usual bike route today that had a bunch of like loose gravel in the bike lane, and I couldn't even handle that. Like with the gravel coming up and hitting my legs and the tires, and I. Yeah. <laughs> road in the middle of the lane because f that so. yeah the race the race director well, was like yep i found this out late last night and uh there's not much we can do about it so y'all are gonna have some fun and worst comes to worst you're gonna get a flat tire and you'll have to walk your bike in for 200 yards <laughs> wow interesting <laughs> but don't let that scare you from this race because it is a lot of fun <laughs> um <laughs> So I actually went in, I went into this race fairly optimistic because I feel like my body was finally coming around and like I was actually starting to see some really good progress. Um, I had a pretty solid swim. It was very choppy out there though. I think a swell was coming in um, and it was very wavy and very choppy out there. And think- so one, di- one direction you go against the current and that just felt like it took forever and constantly, it took me a minute to get the wave like rhythm down and so there was quite a few right so that you'd breathe at the top of the and breathe slash or sw- sight at the top of the wave and not at the bottom of the wave um and there was so there was a couple where I just got facefuls of water um but I was really happy with the swim because I actually came out like I stayed with the with the group that I was with like I, I swam on feet the almost the entire way I got dropped by the group at the very very end but the difference was like a lot of the same women that came that raced in Augusta raced at this race. And in Augusta, I came out behind quite a few of these girls, like somewhere in the 45 to 60 second behind range. 
And I think this one, I only came out like 25 seconds or so behind. So big improvements for me um, in the swim, being able to kind of just hang with that, that chase pack. Um, and I was only, I, I think I was only two minutes down from Jackie Herring, which is big for me. Um, yeah. No, and it looked so like that was I, just looking at like all of the swim times as a whole. I could tell the water conditions must have been somewhat choppy because they were all kind of on the slower side. So I think for you to still be at that time and be with all those women is a really good sign. Yeah, I actually had a two minute. I think it was a two minute course, quote unquote, course PR for me in, in the swim at this race. Um, Whereas That's like, awesome. against like Jack, to use Jackie Herring as an example, she swam a 29 and she's usually, I think, closer to like a 27, 20, like a full minute or two faster type of swimmer. Yeah. Um, and I was two minutes faster than last year. So big improvement that made me feel really good. Um, got out on the bike and had an awesome first, first lap. Um, I felt really strong. I was holding power that I hadn't seen in a long time, and I was able to stick with um, uh, Nicole. I'm blanking her name. I think it's Nicole from the Real Tri Squad, um, and kind of keep her, kind of ride ish ish with her to an extent. Um, and so I was feeling really great. Made the second made the second U turn to start the second lap. My dad told me I was in twelfth, but I was hanging in there, kind of with the group of like seven through 12 range we were all kind of within he said I was 90 seconds down from like eighth or something like that uh and then all of a sudden like the lights went out for me I I got so sick and I don't I still can't totally pinpoint what this was because it was so different from what I has happened to me before in like an Ironman where I get like a blood sugar crash where I just want to fall asleep um and I just can't I just can't I actually, I was like throwing up in my mouth. I was so nauseous and I kept feeling like I was going to pass out. Um, Did you take salt I, every time? I, had to, um, I took salt. So I drank my infinite, which had electrolytes and I was taking salt tablets about every 25 minutes. So more than I normally do. Um, I, the only, I, and that, so that was a piece that I thought of. So I started taking in more to help with it and maybe that's what it was um because it was super humid out and i was sweating bullets and that um, water is but really warm not, really warm um and i and i swallowed a lot of it so that that's one thought that i had that maybe i just low on electrolytes um i wasn't having any new any issues getting my infinite down like i didn't have any issues drinking it getting it down or taking an extra nutrient. like that didn't seem to be the case it was when i would get my heart rate above 140 Mm -hmm. Anytime I'd get my heart rate above 140, it was like instantly like things wanted to come up and I wanted to pass out. So I had to like go from riding 195 to 200 watts to riding like 150 watts. And I could Just not so get my heart So our listeners up. know and so I know like what usually is your heart rate for a half Ironman because I know that differs from person um, to person. I don't – true. It does differ. But usually – to be at a good intensity, it's it needs to be above hundred above one hundred and forty. Um, I have a fairly high heart rate, um, so like I have a really high resting heart rate. Like, and um, I want to say, uh, like one fifty six for a bike is a heart rate for me, and then the run, 
I don't know. It can go up to like 180. I guess yeah. up there. Um, I'd have to look at what it was, but one somewhere in the 150 range. Um, and anytime, so for me, anytime it got above 140, I felt horrible. And so again, that forced me to have to. So basically, it meant that anytime watts went above 160 for me, I felt so awful just horrible so i basically just had to recovery ride it in for a while and it took me and i just started like i watched i just watched the gap grow and another girl from behind came by me and i just couldn't respond and it was weird because i i wanted to respond and i felt like i had it in my legs to respond and i would give it a shot and then it was like oh nope you're gonna throw up everywhere cool so that was fun um yeah I know that feeling. And that sounds exactly what I felt like the whole bike run of Kona. Yeah. And so I, you know, I actually thought of you while I was out there. Cause I was like, well, I, you know, Aaron had this, we, had, we, we think it was an electrolyte issue. So, but it, it was funny because I thought of one, I thought of that, but two, I literally felt motions. Like I had motion sickness. Yeah. Like I felt like I had I have really, really bad motion sickness. And ever since I had kids, it's gotten really bad. Like, I don't even like to ride escalators. They make me feel mm. sick. Um, so maybe I, and I swallowed a bunch of seawater in, on the, in the swim. So, you know, maybe the intensity, I don't know. There's a lot of things it could be. Who knows? Um, Probably I, a combination of the bunch of those things too. I think so. So I just focused on getting my continuing to get my nutrition down, and I just backed it off and just was like, "Well, this is what it is, and I don't know what's going to happen." I, I honestly, for a long time, thought I don't even know if I'm going to finish this race because I literally felt like if I got off the bike, my legs were going to collapse underneath me and I was going to pass out. And then all of a sudden, I hit mile 42, and I was like, "Oh, I feel okay now." It was like, "Bam, I'm fine." I was able to get my heart rate back up. I was able to start pushing a little bit more power and I was able to repass the girl that had passed me. And it was just like, okay, now I feel okay. And it was so weird. Um, so got off the bike and I kind of was like, well, I'm definitely not where I wanted to be <laughs> and thought I could be. So we're just gonna go, go for it and run as hard as we can. And, and it so happened. So this was a three loop course and it so happened that I was Leaving as I was leaving transition, Paula Findlay was starting her second lap, and I got out of transition as she, because uh, the the U turn was right at transition basically. So I got out onto the course right before she made the U turn, and in my head I was like, "This is embarrassing. I'm being lapped." And then it was okay. You can't allow yourself to actually be lapped. You have to stay in front of her. And so that's all I did. And I ended up running with her for two laps. Literally awesome. ran with her the whole time, like right in front of her. I think she ended up using me as kind of like a carrot. And at one point she goes, you're on lap. Are you, what lap are you on? I was like, no, I'm on lap. I'm on my first lap. Don't worry. You're a whole lap ahead of me. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm just trying to run my way into top 10. You're running for the win here. <laughs> but... And I was like, if I'm in your way, like you tell me, like, tell me to move. I will get out of your way. Like you're, you're, you do you, I, I'm just trying to run as hard as I can here. Um, and she's like, no, no, you're actually helping me. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to run as, run as fast as I can here. And I'll try to help you as much as I can. I, I feel like that conversation 
was probably in a lot shorter words than that, but had that attitude behind it. It was it was a lot shorter, but it was very similar. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I it told her I said vibes. I'm yeah, yeah. I said I'm trying to run my way into top ten here, and and I said and I did say if I'm in your way, like tell me and I'll get out of your way. And she said no, you're helping me. And I said okay, I'll help you as much as I can. And I just started running. I mean, that um, has to feel kind of good. You know what it. It was really, it was really good because I've been struggling with my run all year and feeling like I normally can just trust my running. No matter what happens in a race, I know I'm going to be one of the fastest runners out there. And I haven't felt that way all year. Last time I felt that way was at Oceanside. But I finally felt like I could run. Um, and so I, but I, I still wanted to have it this space where I did not want her to physically actually pass me because I did not want to be lapped. So I still claim that she didn't actually pass me, even though she was a full lap ahead of me because she never actually <laughs> went by me. She just went to the finish. <laughs> I went to the next lap. <laughs> it counts. Um, it counts. It counts in my head. But it was, it was really good because one, it, it showed me one, I can compete with these women. I had the fifth, ended up having the fifth fastest runtime. And it just, it was, it was very validating. So it was like, I can run with some of the best women in the world. I can, I can do it. I just have some pieces I have to figure out still. Um, so that was, it was really, it was really motivating. And just, I also, it was also a big reminder to me that I, I'm definitely like, we've kind of talked about like for you, like you're a competitor, right? You get out there and you know how to race. I'm a competitor. You put me against somebody and I'm not going to let them beat me at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. I ended up, I ended up just missing out on top 10 by like 25 seconds. I, I came out of transition in about six or seven minutes down from the top 10 and ended up only 25 seconds out. So I ran like six minutes into everybody and just kind of ran out of real estate and energy. <laughs> my dad, my dad thought I had like maybe a mile to go. My dad was like, you have 35 seconds to the top 10. And I was like, I got nothing. I got nothing yeah. left. <laughs> but yeah. I did find one more gear to eke another couple seconds in, but I just ran out of real estate. So 11th place for me. Great race. You know, frustrated that I didn't do what I actually think. Like, I, I really believed I could be fighting for somewhere in that f fifth to eighth range. Um, but lots to learn. Positive. Really fun. So it's a good day. Nice overall. Yeah. That's what so, it's all about. Um, having fun. It really is. It really is. Um and it was fun. And like I said, I really enjoyed that race. I may have like sparked a little interest in my dad to have him do a relay. <laughs> Ooh. It, I know. He because he was like, I don't think I could do I he's like, I could do the swim and the bike. Because he kept asking, like, how long do you have like how long do you have to do it? Cause so he had a hip replacement when he was 55 and the doctor told him, you know, Hey, you can do whatever you want. You can keep running. You can run, but if you run, it's going to wear it out and you might have to get it replaced a lot sooner. And he just was like, it's not worth it to me to have to get it replaced sooner. I didn't enjoy the process and I don't enjoy running that much. So he stopped running, but he bikes and he swims almost every day. And he, right. He's super active. He's like, so I could do the bike, the swim and the bike. I just don't know if I could finish do the run in enough time because I haven't run in 10 years. And 
because my dad, that's why I got into triathlons so was my dad. My dad did them. And he's, I was like, well, you could do a relay. And he's like, huh. So, you know, mom could swim. I could bike. And then he's like, Lauren could probably pop out a 135 run without even trying. So why don't we just try to do a family one? Oh, <laughs> that'd be really cute. So I don't know. I might keep it in the back of his mind. Cause... So then I told my mom this and she goes, does dad just want me to drown or something? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom's actually a very good swimmer. Um, she just doesn't like to get her hair wet. So she never swims. So I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking about doing a relay at Oceanside if I can find a team. I don't want to do the whole thing. Um You should. But I just don't want to race three weeks prior to Texas. But I would do part yeah. of it. I saw that chat and I saw that you said you would be willing to and I wanted to be like, Yes, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun just I think to like bike 56 miles without having to worry about what's next i mean that bike course is not suited to me at all um but i would do it but i think now like so i thought about this because right i'm probably going to do oceanside and i swore i would never do oceanside again um <laughs> but it's on the iron man pro series and i kind of it's like my only option it's close um, too and it's we can drive yeah yeah <laughs> now that i know that there's those hills in there like we can just go do reps on usury or reps on South Mountain, and you're going to be ready yeah. for it. Yeah. Right? So, it was the not knowing. Yes, the not knowing. I was not prepared for that. Because, <laughs> no. like, we've both done St. George, and we both love St. George, and I wouldn't say that was harder than St. George. It's just no. the surprise element. But it felt so hard in the moment. It felt so hard. I was so mentally done by mile 45. Like, you just saw my watch just drop off. It's like, I'm over it. I'm glad you made it to 45. I'm pretty sure I made it to 30. And I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible bike. (laughs) And I normally love hills. Like, like, I love them. I am very strong on hills. Like, even at Cabo, I was the one that anytime, and it probably annoys people. And I don't quite know how to manage it in the professional world yet because there's so much more tactics with it. But I pass people on hills, but then I can't hold the speed. But then I cannot, like, for me to sit behind them on the hill in the draft zone is so uncomfortable. Outside of the draft zone, not in the draft zone. Outside of the draft zone is so uncomfortable for me to do that I can't do it. So I have to surge past them. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. That is the exact problem I ran into Kona, but the other way around. And I don't know what to do about it. (laughs) I I just say bye. There was a group of like four people who were riding, I think legally, um, at Kona for probably the first like 40 miles of the ride. And every hill, they'd pass me and every downhill, I'd pass them. Like without fail yeah. every time. And it just, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to exert the effort to keep up with them on the uphill and they just can't go with me on the downhill. <laughs> I was so frustrated. Yeah. I was like, it'd be nice so, to be in this group instead. Yeah. And so that's a piece like I've even thought like, like Nicole, I'm pretty sure her name's Nicole. I could be totally butchering that. And I know she doesn't listen to this podcast. So if I butcher it, it's not the end of the world, but um, maybe she's listening. Who knows? Um, I, like, I wanted to say, tell her, like, hey, let me pull the hills, and then you pull the flats. But I don't feel like I'm confident enough 
as a professional to tell to say to like work quote unquote work with someone yeah. are you always yeah. hearing, like when you listen to other podcasts or you hear people say like how they work together like, I don't feel quite feel confident enough to like look over as I'm passing and be like hey let's work together I'll pull the hills because I'm a really strong climber you pull the flats and we'll just take turns like I just not confident enough to do that yet. yeah so, I usually I just know. apologize. I don't think that's yes, what I should I be doing. I did that at Augusta. <laughs> I did that at Augusta because I <laughs> kept passing this girl on the hills. And then she'd pass me on the downhills and stuff. And I finally said, I'm so sorry for the slingshotting-ish uh, look that this is having, but I'm a really strong climber. I'm so sorry. And she said, no, yeah. don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I – see, I, I'm usually like, I can't climb for shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's a it's a weird it's a weird it's it's kind of a weird dynamic, but it's also kind of one of the things that I think people don't think about when they think about triathlon. You just think you have to swim, bike, run, but there's so much yeah. you have to focus on mentally too, tactic wise, and and all these other pieces. And especially now, I'm learning this in the professional field, and I feel like it's taking me a whole year to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable with it, and I'm still not very comfortable with it. I still don't quite understand how to manage it. It's, it's weird. Definitely different. I mean, I think it's a fun yeah. aspect, but it's one of those aspects I still have so much to learn from Same. because I don't know how to play into them. And just being a strong swimmer and a pretty good biker, it's hard for me to ever get practice during non-championship races in that. Yeah, because you're um, just on your own. So maybe I'll – I mean, I want to bike – hard at Indian Wells. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, so maybe I'll try and hang on with some boys and try and play pack dynamics with some boys out there. We'll see. That's a great idea. I like that plan. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good plan. So, all right. Well, we have a couple of questions here um, and we don't have a ton today, but I did create a fun little quick fire that came out. I, I did it because Jade sent us a question. Um, and just like a, a an if or that or uh, this or that question. And I was like, you know what? This would be fun to make a little bit of a random quick fire. So we'll, we'll all say the question and then you can answer and then I'll answer. And we can, I mean, we don't have to be quick, quick, quick fire, but I don't know, quickish <laughs> um, answer. So, okay, you ready? Here we go. Top ramen or top ramen or cup of noodle? Cup of noodle. Same. I never actually liked top ramen, but no. cup of noodles is very nostalgic for me because we used to eat it when I was when I would ski race. That's what we had because it was hot and easy and stuff. Um, okay, when you're swimming, two piece or one piece? Depends. That's my oh, answer no. too. <laughs> <laughs> I've like started to embrace the one piece tan, but I really don't care most of the time. Oh, I cannot embrace the one piece tan. I'm having a hard time with it. It is uh, so terrible. Um, Mine I never like, gets well, that bad because I usually yeah. alternate. So it's like, uh, whatever. That's what I've been doing. But for some reason, when I'm in an outdoor pool, I don't like the feel of a one piece on. Like I feel oh. like it's like sticking to my stomach, which is a weird thing. Um, but if I'm indoors, I will not wear a two piece because I feel very exposed. Interesting. Don't ask. Don't ask. I yeah. do. I do just feel slightly faster in a one piece. So <laughs> depends yeah. on my workout. 
Um, you do feel a little bit more like a swimmer versus someone who's just out there chilling. Um, solid or liquid nutrition? Liquid. Same. Liquid. 70.3 or Iron Man? That's a tough know. one. <laughs> it's uh, fun. 70.3 because that's my race that's next. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how to answer this one. Because I love the 70.3, and I think that's where I'm going to focus. But at the same time, I was watching Taylor Nibbs' race recap of Kona, and she kept just saying, like, this race was supposed to help me decide where I wanted to go with my career. And she said it made it worse, because now I feel like I don't know what to do, because Iron Man was so fun. And there, and she just come, there, she's like, there's something about it. She's like, I just want to try it again. And I am stuck with that feeling when it comes to the full distance. Like, there's something yeah. about the full distance that makes you want to keep on doing it. I think it's just there's so many things you can improve upon throughout the distance. Yeah. I mean, if you had asked me this question six months ago, I would have said Ironman distance without a doubt. Um, and I think it's just because it's been a while since I've done a 70.3. That's why I'm like, oh, I don't know. 70.3 short. I forgot how painful it is. I mean, Iron Man's just a different type of painful. So, Yeah, 70.3 is like balls to the walls the whole time. I'm realizing yeah. more and more, and it's uh, very challenging. Um, okay, favorite discipline? Swim right now, because I had a really good swim yesterday. Uh, but when my swim doesn't feel good, that's by far my least favorite. I would agree with that uh, very much so. I don't know. I don't like any of them sometimes, and I love all of them at all. <laughs> It's really not Welcome a Welcome to triathlon, answer. everybody. Aaron just described it in a nutshell. <laughs> Sometimes you just hate it. Yeah. Uh, mine's definitely the run. However, I've not enjoyed running this year because it's felt I haven't been able to trust my running. So um, I also love the bike, but running, running by far. Here is my, here is an extended answer. If everything could be like running where you just throw your shoes on and you're out the door then i would like biking and swimming a lot more but i yes. love the convenience and ease of running and that you can just do it from anywhere and that you don't have to add an extra 30 40 minutes into your scheduled time for the day to get the workout done yes that's a beautiful answer and it's so true <laughs> so true it's one of the reasons it's so challenging to swim and bike and because you have to go somewhere, whereas running, yeah, you can just throw your shoes on. Um, okay. Yeah. Try suit with or without sleeves? With. Same. With. I feel faster. I don't have to worry about chafing in my armpits as much. Yes, that would be an issue for me as well. With my. Yeah. Um, okay. Watch in the pool or not? So where do you wear your watch while you swim or not? Yes. Yeah, same. I don't know how to count laps, so. I don't know why I do. I think most swimmers don't. I just started wearing it when I got into triathlon, and now I'm used to it. And yeah, I don't have to worry about turning towards the pace clock every time. So I just wear it. There you go. I also don't know how to use a pace clock. Like, how the hell do you tell how fast you went? It makes no sense you to me. You at it. <laughs> no. There's all these lines. And most of the time I can barely read them because they're too far away. And 
Like, I can't remember, did I start on the three? Did I start on that line? Did I start on that? And how many times did it go around? I don't know. Was it two? I think I think maybe I'd rely on the place clock more, but I hardly do things on intervals anymore. And if I do on intervals, no, we just do a rest. it's just not that common. Like, sometimes I'll make intervals for myself. Like, yesterday, I had sets of six 100s, and I put them on the 115. But that, like... Yeah. That's more of a rest thing. I knew how much rest I needed on that set, so. That's kind of how I do it, too. Um, so, like, sometimes I'll do hundreds on a specific interval, but it really comes down to knowing I need a ten, around a 10-second rest or a 5-second rest, and so I'll yep. do them on this interval. So, okay, that was fun. Um, <laughs> all right, this was a fun question um, that I feel like I heard on a different podcast. Um, but I actually came up with this one, so maybe that's where I heard it. But so <laughs> if we had, I'm not remembering, but I, so if we had the best, like the best sponsors, we could get anything, everything we would want, want to have, like could have, what would be kind of like, so it's like this concept of, oh yeah. I think I that was a, I think it was a TTL question. Cause they said they're Mercedes TTL man. Question. Um, but like what? Would we stick with the gear that we have? Would we? Would we up? What we up? What would we upgrade? What would we? Would we go to the wind tunnel? Um, where do we think we could utilize that? Like, because if you think about it, you like people like Paula Findlay or um, uh, the Danielle Reef and the the top women, top men in the world. Taylor Nib. They, yeah, they have access to whatever they need. So if we had that. Where would we go with it? What would we do with it? I love my bike. I would not get a new bike. Um, I love my bike, and I think the Coup team is amazing. I've never felt so supported at a race as I did at Kona from them. Um, I would love a permanent masseuse to travel with me. Uh, yes, chef. A chef. Oh, a chef would be... Oh, yes. Love a chef. Um, and yeah. The- Private jet sponsors. <laughs> there we go. And what is it like next jet or something? Yeah. Those plane tickets yeah. get expensive. Uh, no, but in all seriousness. Um, but like, I so don't say, know. for example, for your, for your bike, would you do any customization to it? Like, would you get customized um, aero bars that maybe fit you a little bit better? Or we know you have hip issues, like maybe customize a customized crank set or something like no, that. No, I would love someone to make me customize shoes though that don't give me Achilles blisters. So that would probably be my top sponsorship idea if someone can make me custom shoes that have a narrow heel but a wider toe box to accommodate a bunion um that are still fast and responsive and aren't gonna hurt my hips. Um that'd be really cool. I'd even pay for that right now. So if you know anyone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> If you know of any shoe that does that, um, that's actually something that I can report on for me. I, right, we've talked about my issues with my carbon shoes all year long. Yeah, and you tried Hoka's. How'd that go? The first time, like my feet still hurt. Like I still, they're aggravated right now. Like I can't walk on, um, I can't walk on surfaces right now without shoes on. Um, But it's the first time all year that my feet did not hurt me during the race which was awesome because 
every single race, my feet have hurt during the race and I've kind of just had to ignore it. And it'd be like one of those where if I stepped a certain way in the race, like it would send a shooting pain through my foot. Like somebody was like taking a knife and stabbing me in the toes. Um, none of that. So we're going to stick with the Hoka's. They felt good. No pain in my feet while running. Um, slight pain afterwards, but that's kind of inevitable when you, I've just aggravated the nerves, um, from that neuroma that I have. So that was a, a positive thing for me. Um, so what company would you have sponsor you? I don't know if I have like a specific company, but I'd love to just upgrade, like be able to upgrade things without having to pay for them. Um, like I would love to get a nice, more up, an upgraded, the next version upgraded bike so that everything's integrated and have a wheel sponsor. I would love to have a wheel sponsor. Yeah. Um, and be able to go to a wind tunnel or do aero testing because there are a lot of gains that can come from kind of some of that aero testing. So I guess what I, for me, I'd love, a, you know, I'd love to have a bike sponsor, um, whether, you know, Cervelo, Factor, uh, or I don't even know, but some, just a bike sponsor that that way I had the ability to upgrade without spending I mean, for me, because I'm looking into trying to upgrade right now, and I have to sell. In order to do it, I have to sell my TT bike and my road bike and pay some more out of pocket, which means that I can't pay myself for a month. And then it's like, right, all these pieces. Um, yeah. But it does make a difference to have that next that that upgraded bike the ability to get more aero the carbon is a different style of carbon that's more responsive and it it's faster and while you can do great work on the stuff that i have in the prof- especially in the professional field like sometimes it's that question like i'm living in the space of questioning like how much do i invest in myself now to get more, right? Like, so yeah. if I had the best sponsor, like any sponsor, all like sponsorship money, like I would love, that's what I would love so that I could really focus on the little things, the, the free speed that you can get so that then I can focus on me and becoming the best engine that I can be without being like, you know, is there a piece what missing? I mean, you saw that with me at Kona. I mean, some of the time drop was from my increased fitness and knowing the course and knowing my body and not getting a flat, but like some of 30 minutes didn't just come from that. Some of that was the bike, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm thankful for. Like, it's nice to have that where I'm not questioning, like, I mean, obviously at some point I'll upgrade to a disc wheel probably before Texas or like the full disc. I think we'll see if I can. should. You should gather that money, but um, just things like that. I'd love a ceramic speed bracket. The small, yep. they help expensive things. Yep, that would be nice. Those but sponsorships they would be do nice. make a difference. They I'd would, also they love do. a wetsuit um, sponsor, actually. Um, and I'm a fairly same. good swimmer, so wetsuit companies. <laughs> you don't even yeah. need to pay me. Just well, send me a wetsuit, please. Product sponsor. Yeah, that is a field that I just have not figured out this year it is challenging and hard and stressful and if you yeah it's fun it's the side of the professional (laughs) field that you just don't i don't love um 
but it's part of it. So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'd love. I think it'd be fun. Bikes are fun. And I'd love, I'm just curious to go, like I watched like Lionel's YouTube video when he did like his CDL testing. I'd love to know that stuff. Like, I think it'd be fascinating to see like, how aero am I? How efficient am I? Because that's more what it's about. It's not even necessarily how aero you are. And I think that was a big piece for you, right? When you made this switch to this new bike, your pedal stroke became more efficient. And so then you became more efficient. When you're more efficient, especially over a long course triathlon, that's a huge amount of, like, we didn't necessarily gain too many extra overall watts. But you became more efficient, so you're putting out less energy to do those walks. And that is yeah. free speed. And if I didn't bonk, no. we probably would have seen it pay more off more on the run, too. But that's yes. a different issue. So. That's a different story. <laughs> we'll see in Dean Ross. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, be, I'll be curious to see for you because it's a very flat course at Indian Wells. So you can really just push some power and kind of go for it and see what happens. So um, hey, I'd love to be under 230. I think that's a really good goal for me. That's fast. It's moving, but it's fast. I, think, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great goal for you. Great goals. Yeah. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I also would love a shoe sponsor because I, I feel like I spend a lot of money in shoes because my feet hurt and I get like all the time. So I'm constantly like anytime I start to feel a niggle or like a soreness, I flip out shoes um, because I have zero desire to have my shoes be the cause of anything. So. I have spent a lot of money on shoes this year, trying new ones and trying different ones. Me too. But and not work. if you're listening, <laughs> it seems like you're the only shoes that work for me. So <laughs> if anybody has a hookup. <laughs> I haven't found a single one. So a running store company who can let me try all different brands of shoes and all different lines. There you go. <laughs> This is our wish list. We've now just said we've turned this into. Yeah, I think we spent like 20 minutes on this wish list so far. I'm not sure we've even talked about anything important in this podcast so far. And we're like an hour in, but that's okay. Hey, I think it's been fun. So, yes. um, Okay. We'll do one last question here. Um, (laughs) We, you had a question come from somebody on how to improve our cycling cadence, correct? Correct. And awesome. my answer to that is spin-ups. And you are not wrong. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Basically, high cadence work is, yeah. you know, where you need to go. Um, so for those of you that are not, not sure what we're talking about, cadence on the bike is basically the uh, revolutions of your pedal um, or your stroke or however, whatever you want to determine. Rings and per minute. There are revolutions per minute. Yep. Whatever. Revolutions yeah. per minute. Um, and a it also cadence really has to do with your efficiency. And so there's low cadence, which is very high tensiony, and then there's higher cadence. And most of the time, you want to find somewhere in the middle is your most efficient piece. Now you can utilize both of these aspects to improve diff um, improve different um, systems in your body. So for example, low cadence is more muscular endurance and strength. High cadence is your aerobic engine and kind of your efficiency. And to most people spend way too much, they, they ride at a very low cadence, which is not very efficient. And we try to increase that by doing cadence builds, high cadence reps, and like Aaron said, spin-ups, you know, doing 2040s. So 20 seconds, uh, high 
100% effort with a quick spin up on a 40 second recovery. Um, and, you know, or spend like my coach when we trying to really get my cadence up would have me actually do, you know, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes at 100 plus RPMs to try to get me to just be more. It doesn't mean that I ride at 100 plus RPMs. It's just making it kind of harder and activating kind of that piece of it. So, yeah. um, And I think the important piece of this is like, yeah, you might feel aerobically better riding at 75 RPM. Like, I love riding at 75 RPM. But I guarantee you, when you will get to the run, you'll feel the fact that you were at 75 RPM a lot more than if you were at 85 RPM. Correct. You nailed that because you are in a little bit more of a, again, a muscular strength and muscular endurance system. So you're burning muscular glycogen at a much faster rate. And it's like you're going uphill for a lot longer. Um and we want, we talked about, we talked about efficiency with, right. We talked about you having a better or a smoother pedal stroke, um, and a better pedal stroke. I would be, I haven't, I didn't look at your cadence if your cadence really changed much, um, between the two, but I would bet it's a little bit higher just on a natural standpoint on the new bike because you're more efficient. Um, yeah, I don't know that I haven't looked. But. No, it is. It's a lot more efficient. I don't have a hard as hard of a time getting up to the hundreds when I, want to um but generally now i'm kind of between 85 and 90 where i used to be more 78 to 82 yep and that makes sense and so that eventually once we kind of continue working you through these pieces that will actually help you running off of the bike um yeah because you'll have more muscular energy and resilience left in your system um because your aerobic system is a quote-unquote bigger system for non-scientific terms um so you have more space to use that so um yep cadence builds so kind of going from like 70 75 80 85 90 95 100 like building through with in like a span of 10 minutes can be a good way to do it um high cadence reps again um you know great ways to kind of build that ability to ride at a higher cadence and if you're doing these spin-ups and you feel like you can't like physically get to 100 there's a good chance your bike fit might be off too um yeah so i'd recommend taking a look at that too if it just seems impossible to you to get to 100 Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah because that's that's a very good point um and you can play with your gearing i like to play with my gearing in that like Go down, go down one gear into a little bit easier to spin up and then gear back up and try to keep that up a little bit can be really helpful um, in teaching yourself to be able to spin faster at a higher resistance too. This is a bit of the side note, but I think the biggest thing I've noticed, one of the biggest things I've noticed with the new bike is my old bike had the like mechanical gear shifting, whereas my new bike has electronic and I'm uh, so much more willing to shift with electronic now just because it's smoother and I feel like I don't have to back <clears> off <throat> as much. And it's just helped my cadence 100%. so much because I don't feel the need to just like stay in a gear because I don't want to go through the shifting process just to shift back down like a minute later. You, uh, yeah, you're totally right. It's so much smoother. It's so much easier. Um, electronic shifting is, yeah. So like if we're talking about upgrades, if you ever need to like make an upgrade, like 
mechanical shifting or sorry, mechanical, um, electronic shifting is definitely an upgrade that's worth doing. Um, whether that's DI2 or SRAM or whatever, um, it's definitely worth it to do. You'll love it. And you'll never go back. <laughs> I love it. Or never, I was worried. I, I was worried. I was like, oh, but I have to charge it. And it's like you charge it once a month or something. <laughs> so yeah. nice. However, when you have it, always charge it after you travel. Always. Every time, no matter what. Because you never know. They can be, when you're traveling, like the bike, the bag could be pushing on the buttons, running. That's my number one tip. Charge it every time after you travel. Um, even if you just charged it, because it could be sitting in there having the buttons being pushed. You never know. Well, and I think I. that's a pretty good tip to end on. I agree. I agree, especially because it's five and I'm getting hungry and the kids should be home from golf here. Hopefully very soon. <laughs> I need so. to see them soon. I miss them. You do. I haven't seen them in a while. I know. Skylar are they coming turns, to Indian Wells? Skylar, yes, they are. Skylar turns four on Monday. <gasps> four. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I don't understand how I have a four-year-old. And he's wow. such a four-year-old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, his little personality is really coming through, and he uh, he's way too smart for his own good. Way too smart. He is smart. He's like Very eight smart. years old, and I don't know how to handle I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> he's yeah he's way too smart for his own good um, but yes he is coming to indian wells they will be there um that's one of the reasons i decided to race is because the kids kept asking when they were going to come see mommy race and i wanted them to see me race one more time this year um because they just due to life and we just couldn't bring them as much as we wanted this year so um they didn't they haven't seen me race since saint george I think. Have you looked at the athlete guide? How far back are the age groupers compared to pros? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked. From like a time standpoint when you start? Yeah. Like if it's only five minutes with my new bike, maybe I can try and ride behind you for some. There you go. (laughs) Draft legal. Don't catch the the illegal zone. That was one of my goals at uh, Cabo this year. So I have this friend, Conrad, who is a very, very, very good swimmer. Last year at Kona, not Kona, at Cabo, he caught me on the swim. And I saw him and I was like, I am making it my mission to not let you catch me on the swim. And he did not catch me on the swim. Very happy about it. Caught me on the bike, but that's okay because he's a male and he rides a lot faster than I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he did not catch me on the swim. So good things came from Cabo. So nice. Awesome. All right, everybody. We're going to end here so that we can all eat and go about our day. Aaron can maybe get some sleep. And yeah. Um, we'll be I back. More work week. to do. More work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next <laughs> week. Number with... <laughs> no, it doesn't. Next week with answering your questions more. So again, if you have questions, you can send them to either Aaron or myself on Instagram, or you can head over to the website at com slash podcast. Lastly, shameless plug here. Aaron is taking on athletes right now. If you are looking oh, yeah. to 
Get a triathlon coach for the 2024 season. You can either message her directly on Instagram or you can head over to the website, send an email, and we'll get you set up to work with Erin here. She's got space for some athletes, um, and we'd love to have you on the Where If You Take You team um, because it's an amazing team full of amazing athletes. Erin's an amazing coach and can help you with your goals for 2024. So, Last thing. Shameless plug in the episode. One more point. I think you just did an episode with Jade, uh, who just ran heavily in a hundred, hundred mile trail race. And I'm super excited to yes. listen to that. So Jade's an amazing human being. So I think you all should check oh, that episode out it. when it is released. I can't wait for it to come out. Oh, it was a good one. I almost cried on the episode. It was so good. Oh, um, she was very vulnerable, oh, very honest. <laughs> um, and it makes me want to go do a, uh, ultra marathon. And I have never in my life wanted to do an ultra marathon. Me too. Ever. But listening to her story, watching, paying attention to her doing yeah. it, and then like kind of now like listening to some other ones about the Havelina Hundred, I'm like, hmm, do I want to? And I'm just no, stay away, Kayla, stay away. My body, I know my body would not handle it very well. <laughs> I don't but know it looks Diner fun. Maybe a 50K. It's I just could do a 50K. Yeah, I could do a 50K because what? That's 31 miles. So we just got to get like yeah. six ish more miles in after. I've thought about doing something like that, but yeah. So you're going to love it. Everybody's going to love it. Stay tuned. It'll probably be another week. I don't know if I'm going to do it next week or the week after, um, but it was a fabulous episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Jade's amazing. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Okay, we're done rambling. Bye, guys.